You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Matt. Uh, joining me, as always, when I'm actually here, is Ken, Jeff, and Neil. How are all you boys doing? Good. Well, well done starting that one, Matt. It's been a while. Oh, you say that like you aren't around pretty often now. Yeah, I feel like you're uh, you're nicely settled into a, a good groove now. So I got a nice den to podcast in. It's beautiful. Podcast dens are important. You're passing bills, legislation, all that good stuff over in Washington, D.C. Well, I, I got the side gig, too. Besides podcasting, I also dabble in some late congressing. Mm. Tell us about that. I will not tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret. Actually, Matt's Matt's life is what the the show The Night Agent is based on. If you've seen it on Netflix, so that's all we can say. Yeah, that I would agree. Uh, Neil, you guys you guys were busy the last few days. Is that what I've been hearing? Yeah, we had a wonderful day uh, yesterday. We had some uh, great listeners, uh, Bethy and Bridget. Uh, Did you heard who, last week. Uh, which was what? Which was last week's episode. Which was last week's episode, that's right. So if you heard them, uh, you know that we had a, a special day of uh, triviality with them, which was awesome. And then Ken and Jeff uh, went on an excursion uh, that I'll let them talk about. Excursion. Yeah, it was not much of an excursion. We went to the theater to see Mario, like adults. <laughs> Jeff fell asleep a little bit. I did a little Just bit. a little sleep, yeah. a little slumber. Bl- but, it, but the thing is, is he blamed it on his medical condition, which is sleep apnea, which is a flimsy excuse. <laughs> well, I mean, I am tired a lot. So that's, All right, fine. <laughs> I think it's what we said your team name would be today is tired boy syndrome. Yes. TBS Which sponsored is a, by Ted Turner. A made up condition to describe me not having a good night's sleep the night before and then a busy day and then I finally relaxed during it's the only an hour and a half. scene. It's an hour and a half of Technicolor and you fell asleep. It was very soothing. Was he out by the time Nicole Kidman came up and said heartbreak feels good in a place <laughs> like this? He was gone. Oh, so Neil, uh, you are going to be teaming with Jeff as TBS. Ken, you need a partner. Uh, and that's where we're going to introduce today's first guest. It's Luke Leavenworth, a savage superstar from Gurney, Illinois. Luke, how are you doing today? Good, guys. It's good to be on. Uh, excited to, to, to play a full game. Yeah, why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name's Luke. I am a high school teacher and administrator from the nearby Chicago area. Um, been getting into trivia podcasts a lot, especially since uh, COVID hit, which was a long time ago now. Yeah, which COVID really was really about. great for our listenership. We appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a good time to get um, to trivia. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I got to I got to kind of dabble with the uh, the Patreon episode, and I'm excited to uh, play around on this one. Perfect. Uh, you're gonna be teaming with Ken today. Did you guys have an idea for a team name? Um, I think in the last one we talked about D and D a lot. Uh, we're gonna go with honor among teams today. Even though I do also suffer from tired boy syndrome, so <laughs> I, I think everyone once you pass the thirty-two year old threshold, you get a little bit of TBS. Uh, unfortunately, um, it comes with your team. And you start watching TBS too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you start binging hot in Cleveland. Uh, characters so. welcome. Um, so now that we have teams, we're going to need a host because I didn't write any questions because I wrote the questions for last week's game and I was really tired. My own TBS. Uh, so we have today's host is Nate Logier. I'm pronouncing that totally wrong from Austin, Texas. He is a savage superstar. How are you doing today, Nate? You're doing good. You did great on the pronunciation. Oh, you don't have to flatter me like that. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Lozier. Lozier. <laughs> Lozier is the French way. Um, uh, so yeah, I got some 
black on that in high school as well. <laughs> well, I, my last name sounds like farts. So I'll just tell you that high school is <laughs> not, not kind to anybody. Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I do live in Austin, Texas, uh, but uh, I am originally from New York. Uh, I moved to Austin about a year ago. I'm one of the uh, tech workers that's moving to Austin and destroying the city. Mm. Um, keeping but, it weird, uh, from what I heard. Yeah, can, keeping it weird or corporate, or whatever you want to call it. But um, <laughs> former engineer. Uh, now I work in content marketing for a tech company. Uh, but I still tell people I'm an engineer just because it sounds more impressive. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, survivor of uh, TBS as well. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're able to finish the game despite that. Um, so now that we have a host, we have everything. I'm going to be scorekeeping today, and I'm not exactly sure how this is scored, so we need to go to the rules guy. Uh, Nate, do you have a preference on a rules read today? You know what? Uh, any, any of the above. All right. Well, we're going to hit shuffle on our rules read, and whatever pops out is what you guys get. Let's go to the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. All right, a wonderful choice by the editor there, and we are ready to play the game. Nate, you can take it away. All righty, let's go. So question one, the NFL Most Valuable Player Award has only been awarded to a defensive player twice, Alan Page in 1971 and this linebacker in 1986. All right, so they're locked in. You think this is a Chicago Bear maybe? I would definitely think so. The fridge. Uh, fridge didn't play linebacker, though. Well, I have no idea. This is this is like, who's the all fridge? I knew. I've gone as far as I can go. I could go no farther. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, even though I, I live around here, I grew up uh, spending time in Detroit. I'm a Lions fan. I, I apologize. Mm. Um, Our, we apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, for I was that. Say, don't worry about it. I think you got it worse. Uh, not not next year. I hope. Who's that um, angry football guy who's on the radio all the time? I mean, you got in terms of Bears linebackers from that time. You got Dick Buckus. You have Mike Singletary. Um, I don't know who would have won MVP. Richard Dent was in there somewhere. I, I think, think. D- Dick Buckus sounds like a pretty uh, pretty prominent name. So maybe let's go with that. If you think and he's I, a linebacker, and I think even if it's wrong, it's still great to say Dick Buckus. On yeah, air, I agree. So yeah. I appreciate that. We'll lock in with uh, Dick Buckus. That is a great name to say on air. I believe he was probably getting massages or eating hot dogs in his backyard at that point. But um, yeah, we picked someone who is always great to play with in uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. Someone who probably had a little bit of assistance from a, a powdery substance uh, during the 1986 season. Oh. So we said Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> yep. And the correct answer is Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants. I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of us for how far we got, though. Yes. Uh... I, I I think with the, uh, the the Bears thing swayed me, but yeah, LT would have been a great guess had we even approached it. Awesome. Moving on to question number two. Uh, let electrical engineer Dr. Andy Hildebrand won a Grammy in 2023 for what contribution to the music industry? All right. And Neil and I don't really have um, a solid guess, but we think we're in the, obviously we're in the realm somewhere. So we'll lock in. All right, I have a few ideas here. Um, an electrical, yeah, an electrical engineer obviously is probably winning a technical Grammy for certain inventions. Um, I don't know if it has to be something that was like invented like this year. It could be like a legacy sort of technical engineering contribution. Okay. Grammy. And I, I was thinking maybe the dude who invented like the auto tune. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely music related. That's definitely something that would require some amount of electrical engineering. I was the only thing I was thinking, um, and I didn't have a concrete answer, just kind of like a category would be something maybe accessibility related. Uh, just I don't know for hearing loss or things like that, but uh, that I did, didn't get any more specific than that. So if, if I, I like auto tune better than anything I had come up with. 
But. Yeah, I like your, I like your thought, but yeah, getting more specific would be maybe too yeah. difficult. But uh, yeah, let's go with the auto tune then. Sounds good. Yeah, originally um, talking about um, an electrical engineer, we didn't know if it was an amp or a synth or something that, but that seems like it would have been a long time ago. So we got something a little bit more modern. We said auto tune. And the correct answer is auto tune. Yeah, well nice. Done. Nice work. I, you know, if you ever come into the studio here and you you <laughs> disobey the rules, we call in someone. We call our electrical engineer, but he's, he tortures you with, with a car battery. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> and his name okay. happens to be T Pain. <laughs> T Pain drops in. That, that, that's that a different, stands for it's a different coil. Yeah. yeah, it is not the yeah. winner of the mass singer. The that's T stands for testicle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a that's great. Actually, learning something today. That's good. Cool. TBS, T Pain. That's a lot TBS of medical terms. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Question three. On the day before his death, George Washington rode to his estate at Mount Vernon. He developed a cold and was bled by his doctors in an effort to cure him, which was common at the time. Within 5%, how much of Washington's blood was drained? I don't know how much blood that you need to like be living at any I think point. probably more than that. Yeah, the research is really, I don't remember the number, but the research is fascinating on this. The, the idea that his doctors probably killed him. Like, just because of bad medical practices. But, um, we, but we should do everything that uh, him and his buddies said we should do, right? Yeah, right. They're, they're, the document they wrote is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, I think we should just go with your answer because uh, I don't know anything about blood. So. Well, we are within zero and 100%, so we'll lock in. Yeah, I think uh, any amount of blood over probably 20% would se severely, like, damage your immune system. Right. But I think it was, like, in the 40s. 40, 40 was the number that jumped into my brain. I don't have any sort of in on it except that you and I seem to be subconsciously agreeing. So on let's this. say 45, and that'll get us all the way down to 40 and more. Okay, I like it. That's so much blood. I mean, we said 30, and I think that's horrifying. So we'll see. Alrighty, uh, the answer is forty percent. Wow! And uh, it is true that is too much blood. <laughs> <laughs> the, the science agrees. As uh, Jeff was saying, there is some uh, thought that his doctors did kill him by uh, letting a little bit too much of his blood out of his body, where it's <laughs> not supposed to be. So I know when I'm donating plasma, if they accidentally take some red blood cells and can't give them back, they make me drink a Gatorade in front of them, like really fast. Right. So maybe that's what they should have done with Washington, just give them a Gatorade. <laughs> if you could have only fine. held out another 200 years yeah. for, for Gatorade. Washington, you need some electrolytes. See, Matt and I, we did a 10K once, right, where Paula Boy performed at the end at mm -hmm. Soldier Field. And when we went there and we donated blood and we get, they took a little too much red blood cells, they made us chug a Smirnoff ice, which seems a little bit different, so... <laughs> We got iced and it was not fun. Alrighty, moving on. Okay, question four. Despite only living to the age of 52, this American musician released over 60 albums. He's sometimes credited as the first to release a concept album with his album Absolutely Free. Neil and I have settled on a guess and we will lock in. All right, so which way do you want to go on this one? Like, uh, like a classical musician or like instrumental musician jazz musician maybe um that seems like somebody who could get a lot of albums out or like classic rock yeah jazz jazz of all of that seems the most maybe appropriate um i don't know you've got people and again i'm i'm bad with knowing if people are still alive with or not so i i mean the jazz names that come to mind would be like john coltrane or miles davis or right same here um, if we went with like rock, I would go. I would say maybe Frank Zappa. We could try that. Um, definitely, lots of interesting, interesting music. And again, that's a name that I know and kind of have an idea of. But in terms of how old he was when he died, if he's still alive, I mean, I, th I think he's dead. Yeah, it's, um, I'm pretty sure. So let's, let's maybe that, go with that, Frank that Zappa. Yeah. yeah, let's try it out. Yeah, we we were talking about Elvis, maybe potentially Prince. I don't know if Prince was that young when he he passed away, but he was very prolific, and he definitely seems like a concept album kind of person. Wasn't uh, cluing in on maybe jazz as a potential, but we liked him, Prince. 
So Prince is a good guess. I'm sure he has released quite a number of albums, um, but this person did release jazz albums, one specifically called Jazz From Hell, and the answer is Frank Zappa. Mm. Nice work, Ken. Nice. Really? Wow. Yeah, it looks like Prince uh, passed away at the age of 57, so we were close. Now, there, Frank Zappa is somebody that I don't know a lot about, and I don't know his music really, but I knew he was pretty prolific and died fairly young. So, You could say that uh, he was sort of the mother of invention. <laughs> could say that. You could say that, <laughs> yeah. Apparently never did a uh, drug in his, in his life, but was a heavy chain smoker and uh, died of cancer. Oh, that'll at do it. So. Or listening to the chain it. smokers yeah, every day, six times a day, we'll also do that, I think. <laughs> bad for you. Equally, equally bad for you. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Alrighty. Moving on. So, question five. The Williams sisters have won a combined 30 singles Grand Slams. The Manning brothers have won a combined four Super Bowls. In the NHL, the most points scored by a pair of siblings is by Brent Gretzky and his brother, Wayne, who have a total combined points of 2,861. Within one, how many points does Brett, Brent Gretzky have? That makes me want to say one. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me want to say one, too, because I'm guessing the answer might be zero, right. actually. That's, I, I, I think so also. I mean, what, what, a, what a great way to get around a question. You take the most, talk about prolific, you take the best of all time, and then brother has a cup of coffee in the nhl and you can just use his total for both of them so we're gonna say one because we awesome. think the correct answer is zero correct yep jeff and i uh, at the exact same time both wrote down one and uh we agree we think it's uh, either a trick or just kind of a fun fact so we said one all right i do feel a little bit bad here as far as the game theory and using the range of one because uh the answer is four all right, five questions have been up. Uh, we look at the screen here uh, that you can't see, and Matt uh, has been replaced with a stuffed panda. So the stuffed literally, pan <laughs> there's a stuffed panda in Matt's seat, and he's gone. So on he's, an errand. Yeah, he's gone but, on an uh, errand. Uh, he was disgusted by the the stuffed panda, and it looks like he just body slammed it uh, across the room. But I think what Matt was trying to say was uh, he was going to give us a score update and tell us that uh, it looks like Team TBS only has 20 points with honor among teams with 30. All right, question six. This French mathematician and physicist is best remembered for his triangle, his wager, and the unit of measurement named in his honor. We are locked in. So in terms of this, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to lose, lose my mathematics street cred here, uh, but the only triangle I can think of um, would be Pascal. And that sounds French enough. Um, it's not Jacques Isosceles. No, um, it, it, it might be Francois Isosceles, oh, okay. uh, but no, and, and this makes sense. I think a, a Pascal is a physics unit. Like I remember hearing a kilopascal. I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, and Pascal's cool. wager is also a thing. So there you go. So I wrote down uh, Jean-Luc Scalene, um, <laughs> which, uh, which I don't think it was word. And I also wrote down uh, Pierre Obtuse, but Jeff seemed to know this one right away. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty familiar uh, from philosophy with Pascal's wager um, and, and Pascal's triangle. And uh, good thing you didn't fold under the pressure, guys, um, because I believe uh, the Pascal is a unit of pressure. So that's what we said. And that is correct. It is Blaise Pascal. Is Pascal's triangle where Amelia Earhart is? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. So going to question seven, as of 2021, this university has the lowest acceptance rate in the United States. Note, for the purpose of this question, we're defining a university as a college, which includes graduate and postgraduate curriculums. So Neil and I uh, were looking over a couple possibilities. Um, and while we don't think it's the one with the lowest overall acceptance, we, uh, we're going to lock in. All right. So um, are we looking, what do you think, like a medium high Ivy League? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote down some of the obvious ones, Harvard, Yale, Princeton. I, th I threw in some of the California schools, Caltech, UCLA, USC. I know UCLA is pretty big, and I know USC is pretty selective. Um, Something's, something's tickling my uh, my brain about Brown. Okay. Like maybe we've heard this before like a while back. I don't know why Brown specifically because I don't really know anything about universities, but... Is that a reasonable guess? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Browns and Browns and Ivy. Uh, it might be a smaller school, which would be a reason that they let fewer people in. Um, 
I don't I don't have a problem with locking in with Brown. All right. Reasonable guess. Yeah, Ken's a huge fan of Emma Watson, which is probably what made him think of Brown where uh, she that's, went. That's what it was. That yeah. is of course, of course. Um, yeah, while I think um, that Princeton has a smaller overall acceptance, I think that Stanford uh, rejects the most people. So we guess Stanford. All right. So no points here, although it was mentioned by Luke, I believe. The answer is Caltech. California into technology. So it was a uh, it was a California school. Now, as an engineer, Nate, uh, what do you think about Caltech? Yeah, um, I didn't even bother applying to uh, Caltech, uh, um, but I did become very close to going to MIT. Uh, the only reason I didn't go oh. is because I was rejected. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I should yeah, have seen that one, school. but I that I that one delighted me. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, uh, great school, Caltech. Obviously, also the. Jet Propulsion Laboratory. They've got a lot of very interesting stuff. Yeah. Cool. So moving on to question eight. The human brain is broken up into three major parts. The cerebrum, the cerebellum, and the medulla oblongata. Which section controls memory? And for five bonus points, what is the name of this area of the brain? Jeff and I just watched the uh, scene from The Waterboy that, that we love, trying to get to you know some information, maybe some clues. It didn't really help us, but it made us laugh. But we locked in with an answer. All right. Well, the medulla oblongata, um, I think that's that's like brainstem area, which is more kind of the stuff that you don't think about, kind of like the base function, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering things properly. I agree and with then you there. I think the cerebellum is that little bulb at the back of your head, and I think your cerebrum is pretty much everything else if i remember right okay well here's here's my one thought is if we pick cerebrum we could get more specific with our bonus answer and say cerebral cortex and i think that's a good way to get two answers in i think i think so too so yeah my guess would have been um cerebrum from the jump and i think cortex the cerebral cortex is better than anything else i had i was thinking like different lobes like the frontal lobe and the temporal lobe which are i know frontal lobe is impulse control um, yeah, I, I like cerebral cortex, uh, which is a part of the cerebrum. Let's, I'm okay with locking that in. Let's do it. So Neil and I were, were looking at this. I think the cerebrum is like the higher functioning stuff. Obviously, um, humans are not alone in that. Um, and the medulla oblongata, I think that's back towards the, the back, which is more like motor function, heart working, stuff like that. Podcasting, right. Podcasting, yep. The, the real low functioning <laughs> stuff. that stuff. you don't even think about. Right. And uh, so we think it's in the, the cerebellum. And uh, I just said one of my favorite parts of the brain, uh, the corpus callosum, which is not the, the thing, but just wanted to say. Sounds it. nice. Okay. So, um, Jeff, you were correct about most of the areas. The cerebellum is actually um, between the cerebrum and the medulla oblongata that controls walking and standing and other uh. like, complex motor functions. Uh, but the answer is the cerebrum. Mm, and well the uh, answer for the bonus is the hippocampus, uh, um, which is technically a part of the temporal lobes, which are part of the cerebral cortex. But I'm going to say no points on that for the bonus. That's fair. Fair enough. Ah, the hippocampus, uh, where you see a lot of uh, hippos wearing hoodies and, and playing hacky sack. <laughs> playing hacky sack. I thought that was the oath you had to take when you were a doctor. It might have been, but I know the hippie, the hippos, the hippies too. The hippies too, maybe. They love listening to Lady Cerebellum. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't get it out. Right, right. <laughs> Lady C, a, as they're called now. Yeah, would have been a better yeah, rebrand. Change it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the hip campus is the opposite of Caltech's campus. But no. I mean, either or. Yeah. It's Berkeley. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, moving on. Question nine. Um, Emma Lazarus's sonnet engraved on the Statue of Liberty says to give me your three groups of people yearning to breathe free. What are they in the correct order? All right. So they're locked in over there, Jeff. Um, I think we both kind of combined what I believe are the right terms. We've got to get the right order. But I, I remember huddled and tired masses. And you wrote down poor, which I think might be the first one. Yeah, I'm familiar with poor. Um, so we're all you familiar go, with poor. I'm also poor, huddled yeah. and tired masses. I like that. Yeah, yearning to break free from the teeming shore or some such. Sure. Okay. Luke. 
Yeah, I'm I'm worried because I've, I've I've been teaching my, my son's a fifth grader and he has to do these certain civics like checkpoints to to move on in social studies and and one of them is memorizing this. So it's been a while since we talked about it. Um, I think it's your tired, your poor, and your huddled masses. I think those are the three in that order. I'm definitely tired and poor. Sometimes I'm huddled, but uh, what are the correct answers? Yeah, so the correct answers are your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. Uh, uh, I think I'm going to, I say we should get points here, not in the correct order. I did play test this with a group of friends, and I originally just had it as huddled masses, and they said that's way too easy, so I decided to make it all three. But I think we get points. All yeah, right. we, we're, we're a very generous that. show. We just hand out points to everybody. Good try. Take it. Ten points. All right. Question 10. In the movie Fight Club, what are the two ingredients Tyler Durden tells, well, Tyler Durden, that he can mix in equal parts to create napalm? We're looking for two ingredients. Okay, uh, Jeff, you wrote down uh, the first one, which is correct. Uh, it just took me a minute to get the second one, but I think we're, we're good. Great. All right, Luke, so we know he's a soap maker. I was going to say, lie, lie came to mind. I don't know if that was one of them. Is it the same ingredients as the soap like if you it mix might, it in a different proportion it might be remind me what those two ingredients are because i i fat haven't seen this movie yeah i and, said lie and fat and lie so let's I let's said, just say it's the same ingredients all right so i think um i think we're right here i remember a while back for some questions i was researching like fake movie chemistry because breaking bad obviously had to change all their chemistry so you couldn't make a bleth, uh, bleth. <laughs> so you couldn't make meth. You're definitely not making any bleth. <laughs> right, but we want to tell the truth here. So we think uh, it's gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate. I think you're right. That is 100% correct. It is gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate. I was prepared to give points for gasoline and orange juice or any, you know, variation of that. But yeah, it is frozen orange juice concentrate. So well Is that done. real? Is that like... No. No, I, I couldn't imagine it being real. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You'd, actually, get, so... you'd get gasoline with orange juice in it is what you get. Yeah, so Neil also had a good point. Um, apparently, they did change uh, the actual, what was in the book, Um you know, I think in the book, there's some more accurate stuff. Same with Breaking Bad, right? They like for television and, and movies, they change the actual ingredients because they don't want, want to get sued or they don't want people making napalm, whatever it may be. Yeah, don't want people making napalm. Uh, a after the first round, we have concluded and Team Tired Boys uh, doing pretty okay. They got 50 points and honor among teams with 60. So a slight lead going into the swing round. So for the swing rounds, uh, I'm a big Jeopardy fan, and uh, a lot of the best before and after questions are ones I've heard on this show over the years, I guess. And uh, I decided to do a just general before and after. So across the board, no theme other than before and after. So I'll just kick it off. So number one, a small landlocked country between France and Spain goes on adventures with her monkey friend in this Nickelodeon show. Number two, Muppet's creator goes on a killing spree. A Muppet dog told him to do it. Number three, an Asia-set musical merges with a Robert Graves novel. Number four, the NBA's all-time leader in points who authored a portrait of the artist as a young man. Number five, Formal agreement ending the Revolutionary War that claims to have coined the phrase, that's hot. Number six, David Lynch film that covers a nonviolent transition of power in Czechoslovakia. Number seven, French World War II defensive fortifications put in an album to provide info on a band. Number eight. Satisfaction over the misfortune that came from someone revealing a truth through a verbal miscue. Number nine, uh, name for the group that picks the president, vice president, and pope. And number 10, Capitol Hill newspaper that's also a Jack London novel about a dog. We have our before and after questions, and we'll be right back after these messages with our answers. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with our answers, but first, uh, Neil, you want to talk about our Patreon a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, as you heard last week, we had a, a wonderful day with some listeners for a Patreon uh, special day. So if you'd like to join Patreon to get a bunch of extra perks, uh, different uh, gifts like stickers and boxes and all that good stuff, but most of all, uh, bonus audio content uh, in the range of over 40 hours or so, as well as uh, ad-free episodes of our, all our new episodes uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Get our crop drops. Crop drops, which, which I know are your fun favorite. little uh, just talk talky nuggets. Yep, you do the crop drops that uh, Matt hosts for us. And Matt, uh, you love hosting the crop drops. And uh, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe it's one of your favorite things to do, but I feel like you always love stumping us with some of those crazy questions. On the crop drop? Oh, yeah. Yep. I love asking the weirder the better. You guys ask us the questions and we'll answer whatever. Just throw it in there. And we know that uh, our friend Earl Baum is always going to have a, a juicy one ready for us uh, each and every month. But yeah, go to. I, I already know what he's asking this month. You think? Yeah. What do you think it's going to be? Because he, he told me. Oh, well, he told well, you. No okay. spoilers. We, no spoilers. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Help support the show just like Luke and Nate do and, uh, and help us to continue to grow. We appreciate it. All right. Let's get our questions one more time for the swing round and we'll see how we did. All righty. A small landlocked country between France and Spain goes on adventures with her monkey friend in this Nickelodeon show. Well, we said Andorra the Explorer. Yep, and we believe you have to say it, Andorra the Explorer. So that's what we said. That is correct. It is Andorra the Explorer. Muppets creator goes on a killing spree. A Muppet dog told him to do it. Luke? Would that be Ralph, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, right. Ralph told him that. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, we locked in with Jim Henson of Sam. We also locked in with Jim Henson of Sam. It is Jim Henson of Sam. An Asian set musical emerges, uh, sorry, merges with a Robert Graves novel. This one was the hardest probably, and we probably don't have it right. So we said Madame Butterfly Effect. We agree. Uh, but we said The King and I, Claudius. I do love Madam Butterfly Effect, but the answer is the King and I, Claudius. Good job. All right. The NBA's all-time leader in points who authored a portrait of the artist as a young man. So for this one, we went with uh, the newly minted LeBron James. Joyce was the surname we threw on. Yep. Uh, we, we preferred uh, to have had a, an answer with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in it, but we said LeBron James Joyce. Yep, was trying to throw you guys off a little bit there with uh, you know, the fact that LeBron overtook 
Kareem this year, but could not be tricked. So well done there. LeBron James Joyce is correct. All right, formal agreement ending the Revolutionary War that claimed to have coined the phrase, that's hot. We said it's the Treaty of Paris Hilton. Yeah, uh, we knew that uh, it was negotiated by Paris and Nicole Ritchie. We said the Treaty of Paris Hilton. <laughs> it was, in fact. Not many people know that. Negotiating peace is such, like, hard work, you know? <laughs> it really is. There are people dying, yeah. Um, David Lynch film that covers a nonviolent transition of power in Czechoslovakia. I, uh, I kept trying to stick Eraserhead in here, but my partner saved me, uh, and we ended up going with Blue Velvet Revolution. Yep, team effort over here as well. We said Blue Velvet Revolution. That is correct, Blue Velvet Revolution. You guys are killing it. Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, French World War II defensive fortification put in an album to provide info on a band. We said Maginot Liner Notes. Ah, good. So did we. We said Maginot Liner Notes. Man, okay. You guys are killing it. Maginot Liner Notes is correct. All right. Number eight, satisfaction over the misfortune that came from someone revealing the truth through a verbal miscue. I thought this one would be hard and trip people up, but we'll see. Uh, this one, we, we slammed together Schadenfreude and Freudian Slip to get a Schadenfreudian Slip. Which honestly, I think should be a term. Yeah, yeah, we, we agree. We said the uh, Schadenfreudian nip, uh, Freudian slip. <laughs> Very well done. It is Schadenfreudian slip. Number nine, uh, name for the group that picks the president, vice president, and pope. Uh, we said the Electoral College of Cardinals. Hey, we did too. Electoral College of Cardinals. Again, both correct. All right, this last one, uh, I mean, I tried to make a little esoteric and hard because I felt like some of these maybe were a little easy. So uh, I'll be super impressed if you guys get this last one. But Capitol Hill newspaper, that's also a Jack London novel about a dog. Uh, we felt okay about Call of the Wild, and then the word to come before Call kind of slipped by. And eventually we settled on the Clarion Call of the Wild. Um, yeah, we said uh, Shibuya, but, but Shibuya roll call of the wild. <laughs> it is, in fact, roll call of the wild. Well done. All right. After that swing round, things have been swung slightly. It is now a tie game at 100 points apiece, making it anybody's ball game. All right, and speaking of ball games, question one of round two. As of 2023, what is the only of the four major American sports in which you cannot wear the number zero? Neil and I are stuck here a little bit, so we're just going to take a guess. So you you were uh, saying off air that you think football just started allowing zeros, right? Yeah, that was a recent announcement uh, that football is going to allow zero. Basketball has allowed zeros. I mean, Gilbert Arenas was nicknamed Agent Zero for that reason. Um, I don't watch a ton of hockey. Um, I watch a little bit more baseball than hockey, but not much. I do watch hockey. I haven't seen a zero, but I can't say that it's not allowed. Right. And, and I don't recall a zero in baseball either. Um, baseball loves arbitrary rules, though. Yeah, and and that that for the kind of the same reasons makes me think that they would never allow someone to wear zero. All right, let's say baseball then. Yeah, we had a very similar conversation um, between uh, me and Jeff here because we said baseball. We've never really seen anyone wear zero, and then Jeff, you had a really great um, game theory here that could be completely wrong, but I, I totally know. bought in. Uh, yeah, I did too. Uh, so I don't know what Kool Aid we're sipping, but um, we thought maybe the NHL like allowed double zero, but not zero or something like that. So that's what we went. We said NHL. All right. Yeah, both good guesses. That was the uh, the red herring there that you usually don't hear about it in baseball. The correct answer is hockey. Um, you cannot wear zero in hockey. Apparently, zero and double zero screw up with scoreboards and stat systems. It's like a Y2K situation over there in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, but there is only one player in the uh, in uh, MLB who wears zero. It's a uh, – I'm not a big baseball guy, but uh, Colorado Rockies pitcher, Adam 
Odovino. So, yeah. Um, I like the double zero, the very rare double zero in basketball. Olden Polonies, my favorite. All right. Moving on to question two. Atoms have multiple shells of electrons. How many electrons can occupy the first shell? Um, I, th- you said the first shell, Nate? That's correct. I, I'm almost 100% confident that it's two. It gets bigger, like as you get farther mm-hmm. and farther out, more and more are allowed. But I think for at least the first, and maybe even as the first couple, I think it's just two. Okay, it's been a while since I've been in even a like semi-advanced science class, so I'm going to leave it there's to you. Like, there's like P's and S's and, and all that stuff, and I believe two is the right answer. Yep, I think the orbital shells track with the number of elements in each row. So the first one would be two, the next one would add an additional eight, and so forth. Uh, so we said two. That is correct. It is two, and correct for the reasoning for Jeff, yeah. Two for the first shell, also known as the S shell. All right, question three. In 1851, the New York Times was founded to represent the views of this party that didn't last much longer. Neil and I agree, and we will lock in. All right, so 1851, were the Whigs still around and kicking? Yeah, potentially. I mean, you've got some of the older kind of popular parties, I guess, then you have the Whigs, you have um, the Democratic Republicans. Um, I don't know if Lincoln founded the Republican Party, but he was the first Republican candidate, I think, for president not much later. So um, I don't have a real good in after that. I think that might have been the death knell of the Whigs. Okay. That would be my my one guess. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with us going with the Whig party. Yeah, um, we agree. Um, a little trivia nugget that I remember is there were four Whigs who were president, but they were only ever elected twice because both of the um, the second and the fourth got in by the the former dying. Um, so um, yeah, we guessed the Whigs. Uh, pretty sure that was about the uh, the end of their run. You guys got it. It, it was the Whigs. All right, moving on. In Dante's Inferno, who are the three traitors depicted in the Devil's Mouth? Now Luke was uh, Trader Joe in there. <laughs> uh, may, may, maybe, maybe later on. Uh, but uh, so I think I've got three. I, I definitely have two. All right. Um, well, we're, we'll we'll lock in with what you think because I have no clue. Okay. So the first one, I think, if it's Dante, we're talking about hell. Yeah. Judas has to be in there, right? He betrayed Jesus. I mean, that's like, that's like betrayal number one. Sure. Um, I don't know if he would have any sympathy for Caesar, but Brutus was a pretty sweet traitor. Um, yeah, Brutus would be good. Benedict Arnold, but that's not going to be. Enough. I was going to say, I think that might be a little too, uh, too, <laughs> too American, modern. too um, modern. Yeah, Judas, Brutus, and Benedict Arnold does sound like a fun uh, band, though. Uh, Judas, Brutus, Benedict Arnold walk into a bar. Judas, Brutus, like. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it sounds like Ronald McDonald's crew. Judas, Brutus, and Buttkiss. Yeah. So who's another famous traitor? Famous traitor. Um, Vin Diesel in, in uh, <laughs> what's the movie, Ken? Boiler Room? Um, Judas, Brutus. Yeah, who else is a traitor? Um, like a famous Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. That's <laughs> when Hulk Hogan turned on Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling jokes. to pull a, a third one. Uh, um, what about... Uh, well, do you remember when Dante's Inferno was written? Was that like 1600s? Something like that. I was just studying all the different levels of hell. I thought the question was going to be about that. So I, The nine I'm, circles, right? Yeah, I'm kind of useless now. Because I saw there's a cool painting of it that someone drew yeah. all of it. Um, yeah, I don't know about the last one. I'm sure it, it's on the tip of our tongues. I just can't pull it. I believe podcasters go in the fourth circle. Yeah, that sounds about right. Judas, Brutus. Just a bunch of white guys. <laughs> I am not hanging out with Joe Rogan when I die. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Your mind will be sharp, though. <laughs> um, hey, man, have, have you heard about this demon growth hormone? <laughs> <laughs> a Judas and Brutus feel good to me, but I, I cannot think of uh, a Caesar. Or not Caesar. Um, Here's a real question. Well, Brutus was Caesar. Here's a real question. Would he be so terrible as to say that Eve 
Yeah, he would have. Yeah, yeah. In the Garden of Eden, betrayed Adam mm. or something like. Probably there's lots of that, cold. The women hate ice goes cold. way back in history. Yeah, so. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. But make it clear that it's it's yes, him well, thinking it's Eve, yeah, not us. Well, under, yes, I it's will. not. Yeah, it's not us. All right, what do you what do what are you thinking, Luke? You guys were so close. It was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, was the third? Um, no, I I think I think he doubled down on the Caesar uh, on the Caesar piece. I think it was Brutus, Cassius, and then Judas Iscariot uh, is what I remember from when I had to read that Ooh. in high school. All righty, uh, well done by Luke. It actually is Brutus, Cassius, and Judas. Hmm. So the double Caesar. Yeah, you can get that at at the diner. All right, question five. The only two countries in the Americas that border each other and begin with the same letter, what are they? Neil, I feel pretty comfortable here. We can go ahead and lock in. Roger. The closest I could come was Chile and Colombia, and I don't know if they border each other. They're close. I feel like Colombia is really high up, though. That's, I, I thought it was maybe too far north. Do you have a better option or no? Paraguay and Panama? They might not touch at all. They, they, they. I am pretty confident they do not. Okay. Um, Brazil and Belize. Belize is just south of Mexico, so they don't touch okay. either. Let's let's go with yours. Uh, yeah, I, I do think so. Suriname I, and mm, no. Suriname's with Guyana and French Guiana. I'm and, proud you know yeah. about Suriname, though. It's one of the hard ones. All right, let's go. Let's go with yours. All right, Chile and Colombia, don't feel good about it. All right, and we said Brazil and Bolivia. All right, both good guesses there. Uh, the answer is Brazil and Bolivia. All right, and with that correct answer, the TBS boys pull ahead. It's 140 to 130 going to the back half of the second round. All righty, next question. Held in 1857. America's first national landscape design contest was for the creation of this place. All right. So I know that Arlington National Cemetery was established shortly after the Civil War, but I don't know if like the planning stages were were in in effect before the Civil War. So I that that makes sense. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to give you another option kind yeah. of out of left field. Uh, we were just down in St. Louis uh, and the gateway arch was the winner of an architectural design contest about that time. I, and by about that time, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit later than that. Um, so I, I think just by recency, that's sticking in my head we and can, I'm, we can I'm go not. With that. So you can choose what you, what you think. No, I don't want, I don't want that power. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about the thing about this is I don't care I don't care if you're wrong. So. I, I know I just oh man. Um, all right, make the call, please. I I I'm comfortable with anything you say at this point. All right, we're gonna go with the uh, the arch. Yeah, we played a little bit of game theory. Uh, Nate told us that uh, he grew up in Westchester, which is uh, just a city that I always hear in every movie uh, about New York where people say when they're from the suburbs, they go, we're from Westchester. Um, but uh, we said maybe he went to New York and he strolled around Central Park for a bit and mm. learned about it. So we said Central Park. Oh, that is well done. It is Central Park. Nice. Is that, uh, so we weren't going to get it no matter what. So. Good conversation on your end, though. I was I was almost kind of believing we should have changed our answer. All right. Next question is in presidential trivia, which uh, I believe Jeff is a favorite for. When and this Ken. president and his and Ken, sorry, <laughs> when this president and his wife didn't want to be understood by others, they spoke to each other in Chinese. Ken, do you have any inkling on this? I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. I can't picture any of the more modern present presidents knowing Chinese. Nixon not Nixon going to China. He didn't just decide to learn it, and then he and his wife spoke it all the time. That doesn't seem reasonable. No, but he was a he was a very gifted pianist. Yeah, he's like he's a surprising individual because he's very intellectual and mm -hmm. artistic and stuff, and you just think of him being like kind of a thug. But yeah, we could say Nixon. As an outside yeah. guess, it's interesting. 
Do you want to talk about people whose um, legacies are mostly defined by being not good presidents? Um, had they not run, they probably would have been remembered better for being an, uh, an amazing uh, philanthropist. We said Herbert Hoover. Mm. Well, well done. The answer is Herbert Hoover. Oh, man. I had no lived idea. With his wife in China for about two years. Uh, and they would speak to each other in Mandarin to uh, when they did not want the media to understand what they were saying, even though they both weren't actually fluent. That's wow. great. It makes me think of if you think of nowadays, though, if they did it to get away from the media, everyone would say that they were like plants. Chinese spies. Here. Yeah. All right. In 1902, 25 years after his death, a New York Times article about a family reunion listed his direct descendants at more than 1000 people. Okay, it's a little too early for Will Chamberlain, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, this will be Nick Cannon yeah, in a few Much too early for Nick Cannon, you're right. <laughs> Philip Rivers, Antonio Cromartie, yeah. any of those. No, if you're talking, he, Cromartie's in good company with uh, Cannon because neither can remember all of their children's names. Right, yeah. I will give you a hint. He did not play for the Jets. <laughs> uh, I don't know when they died, but they were definitely not American. Yeah, doesn't have to be American. That's true. Well, that's true. Um, Good call. Thousand descendants. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I trust you. You've been on this uh, round. So. I don't know. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna lock in a uh, a guess here, and um, we we'll find out what the correct answer is in a minute. Okay, uh, Luke. My first uh, just straight guess on this would be maybe Brigham Young. Oh, interesting. Because you know Mormonism. Yeah, that is my um, only it, it, guess. And just for the record, I think we're looking for a death date of 77, not 73. Oh, that's right. 77. Um, Boy, I think Brigham Young is probably the right answer. But we said John Tyler because he had a butt ton of kids. So, John Tyler is a good guess. The answer is Brigham Young. All right. Nice Next guess. question. In the movie Dirty Harry, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood says, you got to ask yourself one question. What is that question? And I need both parts word for word. We're locked in. Yeah, it's very <laughs> commonly misquoted, right? Yes. Right. That's correct. But uh, yeah, so I should have known better, I guess. <laughs> so it's, do you feel, oh, no, no, no. That's not, do you feel lucky? It's, right. That's the misquote. Did I fire five shots or six? Okay. And then later he says, do you feel lucky? Okay. All right. I, I don't I don't I can't refute that. Yeah, I just know it gets misquoted all the time, but I've never taken the extra step to, you know, figure out what it really should be. Uh, so, yes, it is misquoted. Everyone always says, do you feel lucky? Um, but it's actually do I feel lucky? Um, and uh, yeah, we need both parts. I'm trying to think of how to say that. Oh, so uh, I, I think I know what you're saying. If, so if, it, if he you goes, were to say yeah. one part, there might be a, a second part following that part. So, yeah, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Okay, sorry. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, Luke and Kennedy, you guys give me your answer. We we said, did I fire five shots or six? So Got do it. you feel lucky? All right. So uh, both good answers. The um, part of did he fire uh, six shots or only five actually precedes this part. But the actual quote is, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So... Points for Neil and Jeff. No surprises there. Yeah, he goes, and I, I, I couldn't remember in all this confusion. Did I fire five shots or six shots? Yeah. All right. Final question here. Oddly, mining of this rare earth element with a geographic name, atomic number 63, is mostly in Asia with some in South America and Australia. I think it would benefit from talking it through, but I, I have I have a guess, but maybe not. Let's uh, let's go. I don't have a. I, I only wrote down three with geographic names. So and I don't know which one. Um. So why don't you go ahead and lock in with your best guess? So Jeff, I don't know anything about elements or atomic numbers. I've just been writing Asium, Americanum, Antarcticum, Europatide, Europium. So it's funny that you should say that because the fact that he chose Asia with some in South America and Australia made me think that I wasn't really looking for things like germanium or indium or californium. I was thinking maybe it would be continental-based. So I I did think we should go with europium. Yeah, my my internal conversation was pretty uh, 
pretty uh, similar. I came down between Europium and Americium. I don't know how to pronounce that one. Um, but because the clues kind of all seem to be specific continental uh, continents and because america was mentioned in one of those i ended up locking in with europium yeah so i believe it is americium but who cares at the end of the day right but uh the answer is europium so nice well done by both teams yeah i remember in high school i uh i memorized the elements song which some of you may be familiar with uh as a high school teacher maybe you know about it luke but uh for five extra points on a chemistry exam um, and unrelated, but I, I did not have a date to prom. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really strange that you should say that. I also did not have a date to prom and I'm also a prolific listener of Tom Lair. So, All right. After the second round, uh, TBS went on a bit of a run there in the middle, only getting two wrong the entire round, taking their score to 180. Um, honor among teams, uh, you know, sticking around. They're up to 150, getting five right that second round. So wagering will be interesting all righty so for the final round the categories are the oscars geography the middle ages pop culture and classical music the wagers are now locked in let's get the questions all right question one the oscars this actor has never been nominated for acting he won, though, as a writer for 1997 and as a producer for 2012. Question two, geography. On the initiative of Senator Patrick Leahy, in 1998, it was designated as the sixth Great Lake. Question three, Middle Ages. Some say the Dark Ages began when Byzantine Emperor Justinian closed this city's school of philosophy in 529 A.D. Question four, pop culture. What former celebrity couple announced their divorce by calling it a conscious uncoupling? And question five, classical music. Perhaps the greatest composer of German songs, he died the year after his hero, Beethoven. Those are the questions. We'll be right back after these messages with our answers and see who will be today's cream of the crop. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All the answers are locked in and we're back. So let's find out who will be the cream of the crop. All right, here we go. Question one in the Oscars. This actor has never been nominated for acting. He won, though, as a writer for 1997 and as a producer for 2012. Yeah, we thought maybe uh, he would get a nod for playing the bat, but not so. Uh, we went with uh, Ben Affleck for 30 points. Yep, was proud of Jeff. He wrote it down right away. And uh, if you are near a theater, go check out Air. It's very good. Directed by Ben Affleck. And that is correct. It is Ben Affleck for Cooper Hunting and Argo. Yeah, Number both two, had, geography. We both had 30 points on that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Number two, geography. 
On the initiative of Senator Patrick Leahy, in 1998, it was designated the sixth Great Lake. Luke, for 30 points. Yeah, we didn't think it could be anything else except the Great Salt Lake of Utah. Um, I, I remember 10-year-old me thinking that I would have to remember this in the future, but I don't think it ever came to pass. Um, I think this was a little pet project because Pat Leahy is from Vermont. We said Lake Champlain. It is the uh, lake that sits between New York and Vermont, Lake Champlain. Game theory worked for us again. Oh, it wasn't game theory. I, I knew that one. You're just smart. Okay. <laughs> no, I, re- I, I seriously remember thinking, right. like, looking Everyone at a map knows. and being like, the Great Salt Lake's way bigger than this. Why would anybody want to make this another Great Lake? Jeff, smart and No, humble. how did the headphones fit on his big, giant brain? <laughs> That's what the logo is. It's Jeff's giant brain and the, the headphones struggling to fit on. I just thought that was a CPAP machine, but that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. All right. Question three, Middle Ages. Some say the Dark Ages began when Byzantine Emperor Justinian closed this city's school of philosophy in 529 AD. Uh, For 30 points, we thought there was no more thinking in Athens. Yeah, for 15 points, we thought this was Plato's Academy in Athens. So I honestly just took this question from JeopardyArchive.com, and it is Athens. Justin Timberlake's uh, debut album called Justified initially was Justinian, but it tested poorly. <laughs> Next question, pop culture. What Justin Timberlake album? No, I'm just kidding. What <laughs> former celebrity couple announced their divorce by calling it a, quote, conscious uncoupling? So for 30 points, this is, uh, I had a memory of this being Gwyneth Paltrow and then uh, Chris Martin, her husband or no longer her husband. Yeah, we're assuming now with uh, things that we've learned recently that maybe they they broke up because it interrupted one of her ski trips. So we said Gwyneth Paltrow (laughs) and Chris Martin. Yes, they broke up whenever they, you know, slammed together on a ski trip. But it is, yes, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. And uh, she was found innocent uh, of that. Not of the goop stuff, but, you know, at least for... (laughs) everything else yeah i was gonna All say right. her and her and martin they didn't want to really get into the goop of their relationship so they kind of <laughs> we're, we're currently working on getting some rejuvenation eggs as a sponsor so we'll see what we can do yeah i have some extra candles we have to use them, them a little differently though <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right and the final question i heard you guys going back and forth on this there were some really good thought processes going on uh classical music perhaps the greatest composer of german songs he died the year after his hero, Beethoven. So for 30 points, uh, we had a rough timeline on when Beethoven might have died. Um, I thought Wagner might have been too late. Uh, so we were thinking Handel, we were thinking Mahler, we were thinking Brahms. Um, but eventually we thought maybe that Beethoven died later and that uh, Wagner died young. So we said Wagner. Yeah, this one, we we were back and forth a ton. Um, initially, we didn't realize it was the greatest composer of German songs, so we weren't even thinking of Germans, but then we went to uh, a bunch of different names, Liszt, uh, Holtz, uh, Schubert, and we thought of them, the f- most famous of them all was Schubert, so we, we kind of just did our game theory there for 15 points. We said Schubert. Yeah, so um, Ken, to answer, uh, Wagner is a little bit later. Um, uh, Handel is a little bit earlier. Uh, but the answer is Franz Schubert. All right. After the final, uh, kind of plus and minus there a little bit for no honor among teams, ending up with 180 points. Um, but sweeping the final, which usually leads to a victory, uh, perfect game, 300 points. Your winners today are the Tired Boy Syndromes. I am the cream. Now you can go to sleep. I thought we were the Tire Boy Squad. What was the <laughs> Tire Boy Syndrome? TBS. Syndrome. Oh, okay. BPS characters squad. are welcome. I thought that was USA is where characters were welcome. Why I, do you just, keep saying that? I, because Matt said it, and I'm just <laughs> I'm committing to the bit. He said characters are welcome, so I'm just committing to what it. What was TBS then? <laughs> they're they're welcome at USA. Oh. Um, TBS is very funny. Oh, is they slogan. were very funny. No, Evidently, obstructive sleep apnea, not so much. <laughs> yeah. So if you are a prolific snorer, maybe you should have a sleep study done. Yeah. You know, check it out. It might help you out. 
Uh, so, uh, Nate, uh, we are so happy that uh, you were able to, to host today's game. It was just a, an awesome grouping of questions. Uh, we did want to mention, we talked about this off air and, and joked around a little bit, but you're doing better health-wise because uh, we were going to record this a few weeks back, but you actually got a concussion playing soccer. So we're, we're hoping that you're healing up and you had a good time today. But any, uh, any messages or uh, shout-outs you'd like to give out before we let you go today? Yeah, I uh, just want to say um, it was awesome to be here. Like I said, I've been listening for a couple of years. Really love listening to your guys' uh, podca- uh, podcast trivia. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's a great combination of both trivia and some fun. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend and her parents for helping me play test, and my own parents and my sister and brother-in-law for cultivating my trivia knowledge with me. But thanks a lot for having me. All right. Yes. Thanks again so much for being here. Um, Luke, you know, wasn't wasn't a winning day today, but I, I hope you had fun. Uh, any last shout outs or anything you'd like to thank for today? No, I just want to thank you guys. This is certainly one of my favorite podcasts, and it was cool to be on a full episode. Uh, as, as I've done before in places like this, I will plug my wife's nonprofit. It's called Keeping Families Covered. Uh, they provide, uh, they're a diaper bank that provides diapers and period supplies to women and families uh, in the northern Illinois area, and they're growing. Uh, so if you've got some disposable cash laying around, uh, head on over to keepingfamiliescovered.org and, and send some of it their way, please. Yes, well, they, a wonderful cause. Uh, please check it out. And thank you both, uh, Luke and Nate, for joining us today. As always, we'd like to give a shout out to Airwave Media, our network. If you go to airwavemedia.com, you can hear a bunch of great podcasts, uh, some think, brand brand new. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of nice uh, history podcasts here, like the history of China, the history of everything, and the history of Egypt. There you go. So if you want to learn more about Egypt, uh, that's always kind of a, a sore spot for us in trivia here. So maybe we'll listen to a few episodes. But yeah, go to airwavemedia.com for all of that. And uh, as we said before, just like Nate and Luke, go to patreon.com slash podcast to support the show. For Nate, Luke, Matt, Jeff, and Ken, my name is Neil. And that was today's episode of Triviality.